What I love most about Mi Gente is our community and how important it is to take care of our own. Hey, it's Honey and Carolina. On our podcast, Life in Spanglish, we talk about how important being there for your loved ones is. Pero también sobre lo importante que es tener a alguien dispuesto a apoyarte cuando lo necesites, como lo hace State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Hey! The Casa TV Podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV Live. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. As that voice tells you correctly, it is the Custard TV Live. We are live on your internet provider uh, every Tuesday at this time, bringing you the best and the worst sometimes of British and American television. Plus, we talk about some other countries as well. Um, joining me on the line, my name is Gary, I should say that first and foremost. Joining me on the line uh, is, is Luke. Good evening, Luke. Good evening, Gary. I have passed on the hosting baton. I will try... Because I've done this for two weeks. I'm pinning my hosting hopes on you. I will try in the Olympic spirit not to drop the baton. Uh, Also joining us on the line is Tanise. No. What? No? Ah, right. I ought to explain. Normally, there's a young lady joining us on the line called Tanise. She has decided that she has something better to do this evening. So, in honour of all fallen people, all people that decide not to come back. She's like the Kelly Rowland of our show. We will be ignoring her, never taking her Skype calls, and cutting her out of our lives entirely. It's, Isn't that right? Kelly Rowland, I was going to talk about Tanise's badonkadonk tonight, which I won't now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you go, girl. Um, yeah. Who did she even have in her team? What team did Kelly Rowland have last year? Yeah had the girls didn't she so oh, god i can't do you know it's, I, apart from misha b i can't remember any other girls last year oh don't get don't get me started on misha b please oh <laughs> come on i just got that out of my head so if you'd like to be tanise tonight you've organized <laughs> skype haven't you that's right yes we've we've finally got some organization around here see what happens yes. when a, a proper host hosts uh you can get in contact with us as you have normally done on twitter more of that on a moment but uh, you can also call into the show on Skype. If you add Custard TV Live, that's all one word, to your Skype contacts, and then you can call us and we can add you to Luke and I's conversation. Uh, when calling, please keep your conversation short to a minimum, no swearing. Uh, we're live on Channel 4. Um, and we'd love to know what you want to talk about. So the other way to do in contact with us is via our Twitter handles. Mine is the underscore Gary underscore show. Luke's is... Luke Custard TV. Um, you've got 
for branding, haven't you? So see, look at my, look at me and my brand. <laughs> you and your your Stuart Bags branding. Uh, and Tanise is Tanise underscore, but of course she's not here, and we don't know who she is, so don't add her. We're not even talking to who. Tanise. Um, first of all that we'd like to talk about, and we put out a little bit of stuff on Twitter about this one, is we did a little bit last week on the, the Louis Theroux programs that have been on BBC2 recently, and we did put out a little bit on Twitter about what you think he should do next. We just want to cover very briefly what he did last week, which was an episode on dementia. The previous week's was on um, autism, so the childhood end of it, and then obviously dementia being the other end. Uh, Luke, what, you, you saw the episode, or you've seen a lot of the episode. What was your feelings on this particular one? I thought it. Was, I thought it was extremely moving. I expected it to be extremely moving, and um, it just proved again, actually watching it, what a great host Louis Theroux is, because he was just there observing um, this time. It, it, previous documentaries, he's been questioning people's views or questioning people the way are, the way they believe or what they think or why they think a certain way. This time, he's just there and he's observing, and I thought he did it brilliantly. I, he did say in interviews. It was perhaps a mistake to do such a, not a controversial subject, but a subject that's close to a lot of people's hearts. And it was difficult viewing at times. I'm happy that he didn't stay too long on the fourth floor, because I think that's where I felt most uncomfortable. And you'll know what I'm talking about if you saw the episode. But absolutely fantastic. I, I love Louis Theroux. He can't do any wrong. There have been documentaries of his that I've enjoyed um, more, more and less than this, but this this was fantastic, and the autism one was fantastic too. Yeah, I, I agree with the uncomfortable feeling. Uh, absolutely, I also agree with uh, the fourth floor. That that scared me a bit. You have to be honest, and you know, a, a lot of people, if you've seen that, will, will know what we're talking about. I also thought again, Louis managed to get that kind of warmth and feeling into the episode. I mean, even when we're talking about, you know, when he was left alone to care for that elderly lady who had uh, Alzheimer's while, he, while her husband went out. Just the kind of the interaction and the playfulness and the image of her sitting on the sofa putting her head on Louis's sort of shoulder. There was a lot of humour in there as well which yeah. helped a lot and, and of, my favourite bit from it was when he was going through a picture through pictures with the, with the lady and, and he says yeah. that's a funny picture why do you think you were yawning there and she just looked at him and said well I guess I must be tired you know and <laughs> Did you also think that the guy in the in the unit who kept realising he was working out that he shouldn't have been there, the dentist? Do you not think the it was the older version of Louis? There I was a very similar no, in him and Louis. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found a lot of them interesting. Normally, there's the subjects you find more interesting than others, or people you find more interesting than others. I think it, it said a lot about a subject that a lot of people don't know an awful lot about and I don't feel either of us particularly um, should go into the subject of dementia mm. too deeply but as a TV documentary Louis Theroux can do no wrong I mean I've been watching him since the days of we um, I think it was called Weird Weekends that he used to do all those yeah, years ago right. this this doesn't even compare this is Louis he's grown up and it's just he's just a, he has this calming effect on me on this on screen he could be talking to serial killers, I think, and I'd still be, oh, it's Louie. I just love well, Louie. Well, I think, I think, as we said last week, he's, he's gone more into that kind of um, sort of serious journalism. I mean, you know, if you've ever seen any of Nick Broomfield's documentaries, you can kind of see a similarity uh, with Louis Starr. He, he goes after the sort of difficult subject matter, but deals with, with, with an area, a lot of pathos and a lot of, of humour. 
Um, yeah, so we we put out a message on Twitter. Uh, what do you think Louis should do next? We think he's diving back into the sex industry next, don't we? Uh, yes, we, we, that was on Twitter a while ago. Uh, yeah. through Louis's own account, um, trying to come up with a name for the for the documentary. He did a, he did an episode on porn as part of Weird Weekends, and it's apparently a bit of a revisit and an updated look at how the industry has changed since he did that first documentary. Don't know if it's going to grab me with as much attention as um, these last two have, but I'm always interested to see what it's going to do next because they're, they're always so different. Um, there was an episode last year where he visited America's most dangerous pets, and there was an episode where he went oh, to Israel. Yeah. And so there's a, there's always a lot going on, and uh, he always handles it with a great deal of of, of humour, and never seems to cross a line which some other documentary makers might. So. And we're hoping he'll come and do some stuff in the UK. I mean, a lot of his recent stuff has been sort of US-based, hasn't it? So we're hoping perhaps he'll come and do some stuff in the UK. We'd love to know what you think on Twitter, and we have a we have a, a hashtag for that. So if you'd like to get in contact with us at the show, you've got our Twitter name, but put Custard TV Live at the end of every message with a hashtag, and uh, we'll obviously be able to see that and uh, read out some of the best. In fact, we've got a, a message of support. Uh, someone called Denise. I, I don't know if don't you've ever heard. Don't go on about it. Don't go on about she, it. She said, couldn't do the podcast tonight. I don't know what she means. I mean, she wasn't invited. But no. do tune in, if you can, to listen to Luke and Gary struggle without me. Well, I don't know about you, Luke. I don't think we're struggling. Eight I think minutes in, I think it's the best podcast yet. I think we're excelling. Uh, yes. Coming up a bit later on the show, we will be talking about some other things, just to get your Twitter juices going. Uh, we will be talking about The Voice. Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit about Britain's Got Talent and, of course, Kelly Ronan leaving The X Factor. And at the very end of the show, we're going to have a look at some US stuff and also some of the best TV endings of all time. But right now, we're moving into a very quick section about Grandma's House. Um, this is the BBC Two comedy show. I say comedy in the loosest sense of the word, with Simon Anstel, he of uh, Nevermind the Buzzcocks. And this is the second series that started about two weeks ago, is that right? Yes, that episode interested? three will be on Thursday night at 10 on BBC Two. Thank you very much. Now, this is a very self-referential show in the sense that Simon Anstel plays himself. And it's play semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Similar to Episodes, which is coming back uh, in, later in the month on BBC Two as well, where it's about, it's, it's about the making of a television show, isn't it? I mean, the basic plot behind Grandma's House is him getting a script made for a show, isn't it? Um, or that's the yes. background. Or, or just struggling on with his career since he left Buzzcocks, really. Um, and, and a lot of people I've seen have compared Simon Anstel as a kind of like a Ricky Gervais light, you know, a kind of like a younger version. You know, certainly there are links to some of what Ricky has done with his more edgy stuff, you know, the controversy of The Office, you know, where he said that some of the stuff in there was, again, a little autobiographical, you know, he struggled to be taken seriously. Um, and I watched 7.18 seconds worth of it, the first episode, before I gave up. And it's quite a good thing that that woman whose name escapes me isn't here, because I was going to lay into her for having to make me watch that tripe. Well, the thing is, I did exactly the same. Series 1, I probably watched the first ten minutes of episode 1, didn't enjoy it. Then a year passed, and uh, I, I'm on the BBC preview site, and they put it up to watch, and there was nothing else, and I tried it. And I was surprised. I thought it improved quite a lot. I'm sensing you didn't. No. I... Problem is... To me, I just don't find the premise funny. There wasn't any laughs. There was 
it was overly sweary and rude. Like, in, in the scenes that I saw, his mother just kept swearing. And in the sense, it wasn't swearing to be funny, she just kept swearing. And to me, there was just no humour in it. There were no gags in that sense. There wasn't any laughs. And I suppose, you know, as I said last week on the podcast, on the show, comedy is very difficult. It's very, if you like it, if you laugh and you like it, you will carry on. If you don't, you will move on. But I'm afraid that didn't didn't do it for me what at all. Last, what was the last UK sitcom that you, you were excited about and you did find really funny? That's a very good point. Um, I don't know. I'd have to have a think about that one. I think... I think, I mean, not going out, I occasionally watch. Um, I think probably the IT crowd. Yeah. When that was the last TV, was the last British TV comedy that I would say, right, that's, I'm watching that every week and would always be laughing at it. Because Graham Linhan, who I have met, not to name Grub, uh, is a Clang. G- Clang. Prince Philip told me not to name Grub. Uh, so, uh, there you are. Um, so that's a little bit about Grandma's house. I mean, it, Obviously, Luke and Sinise are going to be wasting half an hour of their lives. A lot of people have got in touch with me on Twitter and said, yeah, I, you were right, it is good. I spoke to an actor in the week who says it's his favourite show on TV. I think, I think the, for people who get it, they'll enjoy it a lot. And for people who don't, like yourself, it's one less thing to watch for a week. And this will be the last series they've decided they don't want to do anymore. I'd agree the first series was... I mean, it's sort of the same sort of style and humour of the royal family. In that sort of... It doesn't leave the house. Never, never, I never got into that either, so maybe that there explains... Yeah. yeah, so maybe that kind of, like, all sitting around in the front room never appealed to me, so, yeah. Well, we've got plenty more to argue about, so let's move on. We will, indeed. Um, something very controversial, uh, the upcoming Olympics, whether, you, whether you're competing, whether you couldn't get tickets for the 100 metres final, or whether oh. you're going to be... Whether you could be inconvenienced by the traffic, or whether you've been asked to put missiles on your roof, yes, that apparently has happened, you will be pleased to know that the, finally the Olympic BBC coverage is being announced, and they're talking about having 18 hours a day of coverage, I understand, Luke. That's mad. I mean, it's absolute madness. Some shows like the BBC Staples, Question Time, EastEnders, Holby City, the shows that the UK couldn't live without, uh, (laughs) will be transferred to BBC Two. Uh, But on the whole, BBC One um, is taking full charge and full pride in having the Olympics in London in the summer. So from the 27th of July to the 12th of August, 18 hours a day, you will not miss a single Olympic game at all. I mean, you're a sports fan, I know. I, I'm not a sports fan, but of course we knew it was going to get coverage and we all sort of knew, well, how are they going to do it? 18 hours a day. Most people that have got in touch with me on Twitter on this very subject say, sports fan or not, that's a lot, a lot of coverage. Mm. I and, think... and somebody else said, well, it is a lot of coverage, but then again, it's not going to happen again, so just deal with it in the time. No, it... The Olympics are not probably going to be in London in our lifetime ever again, due to the way in which they, they keep it sort of rolling. So, yes, if you're, if you're probably already very fed up with this if you live in around London, but this is an amazing example of what's going to happen. You know, and we're, we're talking about, I mean, I've just noticed on Twitter that they've announced bands that are going to play to headline the, the Hyde Park gigs. They've who got. Are they? Do we know who they are? Yes, uh, Snow Patrol, Stereophonics, Duran Duran, and Paolo Nutini. Quite a diverse mix there, I that think. Is quite, but I like all those. I wouldn't mind yeah. 
Duran reforming. Well, they're not, they've been getting going, but sort of kind Maybe of that's football. why Liberty X are getting back together as well. Well, we can only hope that. Ooh, just a little bit or whatever it was their song yeah, was. No. I'm yeah. worried that you know more about them than you're letting on. But the thing yeah. is, one of them married to Jennifer Peters. see a time where. I know, of course, that for people living outside of the UK, may not know that the BBC is run by licence payers. Um, yeah. But do you, you ever see a, Do you ever see from... a time where we'll have a BBC Sports Channel and all of that can do? I mean, they could show <laughs> Olympics 24 hours a day for all I care on an on BBC Sports Channel if it ever existed. They kind of do have that. It, it's kind of they do have their red button service and online, so they kind of do. And when things like Wimbledon. Uh, and major European championships and things like that in football and the Ashes it used to be, you'd get a lot of dedication towards the, the site, you know, and I think to, to those particular things. I don't, I don't think we're far away. Yeah, I mean, ITV had a sport channel when they were dabbling with the digital networks early in the, end, the old on-digital days, for those of you who had on-digital box before it uh, died. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the BBC, but I think the problem is there's going to be a lot of complaints over the fact that it's going to be wall-to-wall sport, Thing is, there is an awful lot to show. They're not going to show everything, even in those 18 hours. I mean, there's a lot of minority sports that won't get any coverage. So, the thing is, though, if you, I don't suppose, to be fair to them, I don't suppose there's a way to win because if you're if you're a commissioner and you don't show the Olympics mm. in all its glory being in London, then people are going to say, well, it's in London. We should be seeing more of it. Um, but if if you if you're not careful. Yeah. If you're not careful, you just show it. I mean, my only hope is that Channel 4 and ITV, I mean, I, I should mention Channel 5 there, but I'm not going to. ITV and Channel 4 do something. Um, but, yeah. But then again, do, can they compete with Olympic interest? Well, the Olympics is going to get, I would have thought, especially the big events, you know, the 100 metres, the marathon and the, the major sporting event, the major still the finals and things like that. They're going to get the peak viewers, you know, up to probably 15 to 18 million. So you're right. There's no point in scheduling Coronation Street against the 100 metres final. It's not going to work. Um, and as you say, it's only once every four years and it's never going to be in this country in our lifetime again, or certainly not in London. So I think people will just have to live with it. I'd love some Skype interaction on this, though. So if you'd like to Skype in, Gary has the info. Indeed, I have the information. And coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, some of those reality shows, so the voice and Britain's Got Talent. So if you have some opinions about that, then add Custard TV Live to your Skype contacts and call us. Or, of course, don't forget to keep that conversation going via Twitter. Use the hashtag Custard TV Live. Now we're going to pay some bills, so listen up to the adverts coming up. Live. Welcome back. In this section, Luke and myself are going to talk about some of the popular reality shows of the time. So we're going to start with The Voice, which uh, moved over to its live show format this weekend on BBC One on Saturday and Sunday night. Uh, two of the teams, I believe it was Will I Am and Sir Tom Jones, Axe Five Axe sang for your votes on Saturday night, and then they were kicked off. One of them was kicked off on Sunday uh, after a public vote. One of the strange things about it was that the public vote was only open for half an hour after the, the live show on Saturday. Do you know why uh, that was? Go on, I don't know, go on. This will interest you, being a nerd as you are. Uh, yep. The Sunday show wasn't live, the Sunday show was also taped Saturday night. Well, that's understandable because they were all wearing, wearing the same clothes. Yes. And 
I think it was fairly obvious. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as regards to what the BBC. It cuts down on costs. I mean, The Voice is a very expensive show to make. Um, you know, the hiring of a studio for two nights in a row must be, you know, must be, and they don't have ITV's budget. Um, I'll tell you what else annoyed me about The Voice this week was just, I mean, I like Holly Willoughby. I do like um, Holly Willoughby. Um, I and I, li- I like uh, Reggie Gates. And the thing is, it gets very, I think, between now and whenever it does finish, presumably it will be on BBC Two when the Olympics are on. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it's just getting very repetitive. Now you have to make your decision. Is it tough to make this decision? How hard did you find it making that decision? It's going to become very, very repetitive. Yeah, the, the, the problem is is that, yes, each week it's going to be... And each, you know, each of the judges made comments like, oh, it's the toughest decision of my life. And it's like, well, wait till next week. It's going to be even harder. You know, and I think, I think in its early stages, it is very much going to be uh, led by, if you like a certain performer, you might well watch for that. It's not till we get to those crucial sort of last three or four weeks that I think they're going to ramp up the excitement. Um, and there were some great performances on Saturday night, you know, from a sort of a, a reality show pop point of view, you know, a singing show. Jazz Ellington was very good. The girl Ruth at the end was exceptional. Uh, I liked the cover of Higher Love by one of the guys, that, the, the guy, the former friend of, or the friend of the former Amy Winehouse, not the former friend of Amy Winehouse. Um, and, and there were some good performances and, and the judges, sorry, coaches, coaches. Co- coaches were very good and entertaining. But you're right. It's going to be that for six to ten weeks now. And, and also, apart from the, the talent, there is some talent on there. I think perhaps yep. they're overstating how good some of the talent is. I don't think all the talent is up to, to the standard that they want us to believe. And really, it's, beca- it's becoming the X Factor now. That's well, what I think, it is. The thing, well, the, the thing that's wrong with the voice format is the fact that after a while, a singing competition is about people singing for votes, and you can't yeah. really alter that format a great deal. I, it felt an awful lot like um, Fame Academy as well. I don't know if you remember that from about, <laughs> about ten years ago now, but the fact that it was on the BBC, you know, it just felt a little bit Fame Academy. You know, there was a band and and the judges, and also what they what they did was they split up the two presenters. So Holly was doing the kind of front of house work, you know telling everybody who was coming next and hugging them as they got, you know, they sung and things like that, high-fiving them. And then Reggie was in the back in the, and I don't know what they called it, they called it the Voice Victory Battle or something, I don't know. And you had all the Twitter name things coming in. I wonder so, whether they'll swap week to week or whether Reggie is, is going to be put in the back all the time. Whether he's doing the test daily role of being in the back and talking to the acts and looking at Twitter. And again, I mean... It's not quite as bad as Britain's Got Talent and it's annoying, you know, um, I have to be careful how I say this because we're doing it, but, you know, promoting the hashtags every five minutes, which is really annoying on Britain's Got Talent. They they were, didn't, weren't doing that, but they were being very choosy about the tweets. They weren't reading out anything negative. You know, all the tweets were pre-chosen. They weren't, it wasn't a live stream that was going up. And um, say what, so the public can, can say what they want, but I think after a while... The, the voice premise that nobody's ever going to be nasty, no one's ever going to take the mic. Well, We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. 
Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan Chase Bank, NM member of DIC. Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Plus free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high quality window treatments with no showroom mock ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople. Saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, slightly great, great on people when they start to realise actually these acts aren't that great and Will I Am and Co. should be saying more. Yeah. And, and the other thing was that, again, they did that whole thing, and, and again, they did it during the X Factor. I don't care what Rio Ferdinand said. You know, and I don't care what, uh, I can't remember who else, oh, Cheryl Cole said. That, you know, stop telling me what celebrities think of the show. If I want to know what people think of the show, I'll go on Twitter myself and look. They weren't shy either, were they, of playing it up to be the biggest show on TV at the moment, which, I, which fair enough, yeah. is, looking at ratings. But yeah. it, it, I don't know why that niggled at me a bit because I think they they've been playing it up and saying it's the biggest show on TV. They've got they've got an awful lot of weeks to get through. You don't want to irritate your your viewing public, and I think I think yeah. it's most, I think that's what's going to happen is that it's going to be the same. Do, are they seeming to do themes every week like the X Factor or American Idol do? Um, well, I'm not sure. I mean, the first two weeks are taken up by sort of splitting the teams, and it'll be interesting to see whether they repeat sort of, you know, Will I Am versus Tom Jones and Jesse J versus Daniel O'Donoghue, whatever his name is, uh, Danny O'Donoghue, um, against each other, or whether after they've all had one person kicked, whether they've been through two, it's whether they'll mix that up, you know, it'll be one against another, or whether they will go for. I think the only problem is the song choices were very diverse. I mean, I've mentioned Stevie Winwood's Bring Me a Higher Love. There was also uh, the Foo Fighters. There was also a, a Fleetwood Mac number. This is not the X Factor. This is not the steady rotation of Adele, Rihanna and Britney Spears that you get on the X Factor. There was a difference in song choice, a big difference. I just, I just, I've said it for a long time that these shows demand an awful lot from, from a, a viewer's attention span. You know, there are... Voices on two hours on a Saturday. Uh, interestingly, ratings did drop by two million when it came yeah. to the sun when it came to the Sunday results show. But I think Which that's I suppose because... really isn't unmissable, really, because if you tune in the following Saturday, they're going to recap who left on the Sunday anyway. Um, and so it might be, and we're coming on to talk about Britain's Got Talent going to to live shows every night. It may well be that perhaps they'll do the old BBC adage of putting on the results show an hour later on the Saturday, live, rather than... I don't know why they didn't do that, yeah. and, and rather than plaster it over Sunday. Because I think they're worried about Britain's Got Talent extending their show and taking away their audience. So they'll wait till Britain's Got Talent moves to live shows 
each weeknight, and then they've got Saturday nights back for themselves a little bit. We're talking about 18 hours of Olympic coverage. We're going to have virtually 12 uh, hours of Britain's Got Talent coverage next week, starting from Sunday all the way up to the following Saturday. Does it work as a scheduling idea to cluster these over the over the weeknights? I've never been a big fan of it, and I must admit the problem is is that it demands your attention every night, and I feel like if you miss a night, you, you don't feel as involved, and when you get to the final, you're like, well, I, I didn't see their second act. So, no, I would prefer that they kept it regular Saturday night and did the semi, you know, did the heats over that, but it gets huge ratings, but it does take a big chunk out of ITV's schedule. Well, you know, it, yeah, I mean, you, you know for that week there are no dramas on, there are no things like that on, you know. But the football season is coming to an end, so yeah. yeah but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, mainly people haven't spoken about Britain's Got Talent this year um, because of the voice. But I, th I think it's still a good show. Of course, it's going to be you know ropey occasionally and, and good occasionally. The thing is, to enjoy Britain's Got Talent, all we have to do, and it's one thing that I, I implore you all to do, is lower your expectations. That's yeah. the only way you can enjoy Britain's Got Talent. Last year, the winner, Jai uh, McDowell, was an opera singer, never even got a record contract. Yeah. So just lower your expectations. Remember, watch it as a good bit of fluff on a Saturday night or in the week, and just watch it as that. Don't get involved about whether the right act went through. Don't get involved about what they're going to yeah. do afterwards, because really they won't do much afterwards on a big scale, I wouldn't imagine. No. No, this is not the X Factor or anything like that. They're not going to go and have a, and have a career of any course, really. The, the, the prize is to is to perform at the Royal Variety Performance in front of the Queen, which is why the acts that win tend to be very middle of the road, safe acts. You know, the Geisha girl that was on on Sunday night. Whether you like her or hate her, she's never going to win. No, and so, I really and actually don't to be too over the too over the top and start things off. But I I really hope that those the wheelchair ball dancers don't go further forward as well, but you just know yeah. they'll be in the final week for a little bit of O&R act. I mean, it just really annoyed yeah. me that. No, I, I do agree. Before my blood pressure rises. That, that's about. right. My, my GP, your GP has contacted me and said, stay away from, from those conversations. Um, coming up later on the show, we'll be talking about a bit of American television and of all the best TV endings of all time. Uh, something the Radio Times has brought into our attention this week. So uh, we'll be going to a break soon-ish, uh, but we'd still love to have your comments on Twitter. Custard, use the hashtag CustardTVLive. But before we move on, we ought to talk about a, a question that we did put out and some information to say that Kelly Rowland has finally decided that she will not be rejoining the X Factor next Go year. Girl, literally. Um, and she's taking her badonkadonk back to the United States where it's appreciated. Um, we asked that question on Twitter and we've had some replies. Thank you very much to Dan Owen who thought Michelle Williams, which is the third member of, uh, of um, Destiny's Child, would be a good replacement. Do you know what? I have a strange feeling she may be available. <laughs> She's been out of work for a while. Uh, topical to our UK audience, uh, Dennis Law suggested Harry Redknapp. Yep, he may it's be putting over the summer. Uh, the, the, the bookies consensus is that we'll see a return for uh, for Simon Cowell's favourite, uh, uh, Danny Minogue, and and I formerly, I hope not. I do love Danny, but she's not the world's greatest judge on the X Factor, and I can say judge, not coach now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of rumours about Britney Spears, although apparently Simon's 
talking that's to her about the American X Factor, I believe, yeah. rather than the X Factor. And uh, in the UK. And part of me does think, you know, they did so well with Talise. Maybe they ought to go and, and you know, Jesse J has done so well. Maybe they ought to look for a an up and coming artist rather than someone who's established. Maybe they ought to go out and, and find somebody that, that, that will bring viewers to the program, you know, fans to the program. I don't have any suggestions. I don't really in my mind think, yes, there's that one person who I think will bring in an audience. Um, I, just, I just wonder how long it can go on for, especially now with The Voice yeah. doing so well in the ratings. Now, if The X Factor was back at this time of the year, would it be doing well in the ratings? Or is The, the Voice doing so well because it's a new format with new coaches and interesting... I, I don't know. Be, I don't know I mean, whether this year could be the last year of The X Factor. I don't know. The X Factor goes up against... Um, Dancing on Ice, not Dancing on Ice, sorry, Strictly Come Dancing. And it does very well in the ratings, you know, the BBC and ITV do have that nice kind of balance on Saturday nights, you know, when, when these are on. So I do think it will be fine. I think people will watch The X Factor, but I do agree with you, I think it's on its last legs. I don't think this year will be the last year, but I certainly don't think there'll be two more series after this. I think this, this one and one more, possibly. But we'll sh we shall see. But yes, if you would like to continue getting in contact with the show, tell us who you think should replace Kelly Rowland. Use the hashtag CustardTVLive. Uh, we're going to pay some bills now. Uh, so uh, come back after this short break. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Welcome back. You're pointing your internet browser at Custard TV Live. Joining you every Sunday. Every Sunday? No, every Tuesday. Moving to Sundays. No, every Tuesday at till about 8.45 we're talking all things television in the UK and America and internationally as well and that brings me nicely on Luke to telling you a little bit about a media hype about a show that I talked about on our first show called The Bridge still doing well, well this doesn't really well hasn't it really it very much has caught the media attention articles that I've read in The Guardian The Independent and The Times television reviewers all raving about it um, it's still very much an underground show, I think. You know, a million viewers is not huge, but obviously on BBC4, it's massive. Do we know um, how well it did in its home country? I don't. I'll get onto that for next week. I'll have a look about. I'll have a look at how it does over there. Um, but a second series is being talked about. Um, the, the, the thing is, is that, and, and, and similar to other shows that we'll be talking about in a moment, the kind of the bridge does depend on its payoff. You know, it, it, it's all about a truth terrorist and a serial killer uh, who's sort of trying to get a point across in Denmark and Sweden and demonstrating that by, by elaborate skills and, 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 and killings. So the payoff is, is the reveal of the killer any good? Is it someone you know in the show? Is it someone the show has introduced you to? You know, it's that kind of thing like, like say, 24 was, where, you know, it has to be resolved in some way, otherwise it's not going to be as good, it's not going to be remembered as well. I don't want to sound like an uneducated idiot here, or an okay. or, uh, unsophisticated person, because you know I'm not any of those things. No, that's uh, quite right. But how, how distracting is having to read the subtitles? You don't notice it after a while. I have to admit, the one thing is, television for me, and I, and I imagine for a lot of our generation, uh, is that um, you can do other things whilst watching television. You can tweet, you can read occasionally, or you can have a conversation over dinner, and you can still pretty much keep your eyes on the television and follow a soap or a drama. 
But with a show that's got subtitles, it has to have an hour's dedicated viewing, else you're not going to get any benefit from it. You're not going to know what's going on, because you have to listen, you have to watch and listen, which is something you don't always have to do with other television. You can just do one of the two. Not sure I ever even did that in school, to be fair. Well, right, yeah, multitasking, <laughs> it's a male thing. Um, but the one thing that I found quite fascinating is, and I kid you not, my, my Danish is getting better. Um, and purely through this watching programs like The Killing Borgen and, and, and The Bridge, you know, just kind of you pick up phrases and words. And what's great is the Scandinavian language doesn't have certain words which they insert English words for. So every so often you're listening and all of a sudden an English word will come in. So they'll be going, you know, la da 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 table football. You know, it's, it's very, it's, you know, it makes it that. Kentucky Fried Chicken, just occasionally. Yeah, but it's great. and. And, and the good thing about the bridge is it doesn't rely upon um, formats, you know, it doesn't rely upon its quirkiness. It has good, solid writing, it has good, solid character development, um, and lovely story threads that, that by the end of the series hopefully will all come together in a, in a good ending. Well, we've got ten minutes left, and I really wanted to ask you about Homeland, because that has taken off on Channel 4 yep. just hugely. And again, I think Twitter is responsible for this. I mean, people are talking about that on Twitter like there's no tomorrow. Sunday night, it's yeah. become the new Sherlock as far as TV on a Sunday night goes. Why should I, as somebody who automatically and sometimes wrongly dismiss American television, why should I be bothered about Homeland? Well, well firstly, it's not an American television show, in my opinion. Not your standard American television show. It's based on an Israeli show to start with. Uh, a show that's actually going to be shown on Sky Arts later in the year. So first of all, it's not an American idea. Secondly, it's on an American cable channel, which means it doesn't have to stick to the normal convention of having to wrap up everything in a single episode. The storyline weaves and bobs its way through 12 episodes, which the last one is on this Sunday, a 90-minute special on Channel 4 at 9 o'clock. Um, and I think the other thing is, is that, again, they've gone for some very... Uh, you know, it's it's about terrorism. It's about you know that kind of the CIA, the FBI, which is a great sort of uh, you know idea of you know the international sort of culture. And actually, for the first time, when dealing with that, it's showing the other side of having heart. You know, the terrorists aren't horrible people. They're just people who have a different value and idea to those of the West. And I but is there the argument that we've seen all, all of it before in series like Twenty Four and Spooks? Why has this one taken off to the extent that it has? Well, I, I think some of the reasons that I mentioned as well, some of the writers and producers from 24 are working on this, so they've taken their best. I think the thing is, A, it, it, the timing was just right. The timing was good. And as you say, Channel 4 on a Sunday night, the, you know, there's not been much else on a Sunday night since Downton Abbey finished. Um, so things like... Sherlock, really. Well, since Sherlock, yeah, there hasn't been an event. It's short, there's only 12 episodes, it's not 24 episodes, you know, so there's there's not a huge amount of time you have to invest in it. Damien Lewis is a well-known British actor, having previously been in, um, he was previously in Life, and what was he also, he was in a, a band of brothers, so he's well-known. Claire Danes, those of you that remember her from the Romeo and Juliet film, you know, so it's got name recognition as well. Fans of Criminal Minds will recognise Saul. That's Mandy Patimkin, who was in the first three series of, uh, of Criminal Minds. What's interesting about it is this, all this hype about it. But then if you look at the ratings, although it's, I don't want to take anything away from how well it is doing for Channel 4 and how well it will probably do at whatever award ceremony is, is up for in the future, it's still not competing on a 
on a worrying scale to where the Sunday night dramas on BBC like Silent <laughs> Witness and ITV has Vera and Lewis and all these. It doesn't compete with them, but I think for the audience it's found, it's become unmissable for them. It's found a loyal cult following, which is what you tend to want to do if you're on Channel 4 or Channel 5 or BBC 2. You, you want that cult rabid fan base who, as you say, Twitter, talk about, promote and, and tell their friends about. And probably the DVD sales for Homeland in this UK will be very high, I would have thought. In that UK? <laughs> this this here, there, UK. Um, uh, a little we're bit talking of, about American shows, actually. Veep, which is yeah. the... The thick oh, yeah. of it, um, sort of American version, that is on in the US, getting sort of lukewarm reviews, but they've already commissioned a second series of it, which is a brave decision, but HBO normally know what they're doing. It'll be on Sky Atlantic in June. Yep, uh, very interesting to see what happens with that. Um, website that I work for, Vulture Hand, we're hoping to have a preview up in the next few weeks, so it'd be interesting to see what our writers are, are doing about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Thick of It fan, never really got into that, so I'll leave that for others, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see that those writers get into the American audience, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully, yeah, that second series being commissioned is a good thing. Other TV news, a little bit of US TV news, Fringe, uh, the J.J. Abrams uh, program that he did after Lost, uh, is going to be back for its final fifth series, only 13 episodes, and there's something to be said that maybe more TV shows should be treated like, treated like this. Um, it's been given a chance to wrap up its five series storyline, which I think is good. Fans of Fringe will get a final answer to all the questions that have come up throughout the series. And well, I, what I, I like about the shorter, the shorter length of that 13 episode run is 24. I don't think I'd really want to watch 24 consecutive episodes of my favourite TV show because I like yeah. variety on television. I like to, to watch something, enjoy it, immerse myself in it and then move on to whatever they want to throw at me next. And this, the, the American network shortening their runs to this 12-13 week run might, might help that along a bit and might help there be more diversity on the screens. And um, yeah, definitely you might find it easier to tune in. Touch the Keith Sutherland show is only 13 episodes. A lot of people thought that would be 24, uh, no pun intended. Uh, and, uh, and and I think it, it, the show could benefit from that. Yeah, I think that's something that American TV should learn from the UK, that less definitely can be more. Two new shows coming up, uh, one of them American, one of them British and American. Walking Dead Series 2 returns to Channel 5 coming up in May. And as I mentioned earlier, Episodes Series 2 with Matt LeBlanc. Uh, starts on the 11th of May on BBC Two. If you're a fan of that show, which I know a lot of people are, uh, then you'll be looking forward to that return. We only have a few minutes left of our show this week, uh, just to recap on some of the things that we've talked about. So we talked a bit about The Voice and Louis Theroux. Uh, in coming weeks, we're wanting to get your input. Uh, the homework that I set for both Denise and Luke called The Seventies, which is on a Monday night, so it's something we'll hope to do next week, when that woman whose name I forget, Denise, is that Therese? Do you know what, for weeks I was calling her Tanis. Really? So even, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't until we actually spoke on Skype, she said, hi, this is Denise. I went, oh, right. oh that's that makes right. sense now. Um, <laughs> and very yeah. quickly. Very quickly, I'd like to promote a, the Radio Times, obviously a, a well-established organ in the UK. They're doing the a TV poll. magazines are available. Indeed, uh, they, they're doing a poll at the moment on their website called "What's the best TV ending of all time?" Now they've amended it slightly to the best ending of a series, rather than necessarily the ending of a show. Uh, but they're running a poll, and what I'd like to do very briefly in the remaining minute or so that we've got 
is just tell you where that poll is up to at the moment. And you can you can go and vote on the yeah. BBC website, on the Radio Times website. Currently winning at the moment is Sherlock's The Reichenbach Falls with a whopping 51% of the vote. Do you know why? Do you know why that's winning though? Is because it's fresh in people's minds. That's why well, that's, that's winning. And when I mentioned some of the other shows, you'll probably accrue for right. The, the second winning show at the moment is Blackadder Goes Forth from 1989. So yes, people people have probably forgotten that. Uh, other things doing well. Well, The West Wing, Two Cathedrals, which was the series finale for Series 2, is doing well. Um, the Office Christmas Special, uh, the one where they, where they get together at the end. Um, and another one doing well is Black Blake 7, the, seven, the A70s and 80s science fiction dodgy BBC sets drama. Um, we'd love to hear what you want to know. We've told you about how you can get in contact. Uh, we're running fast out of time, but join us next Tuesday at 8pm where you can hear my voice. My name is Gary. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Gary underscore show. And you can hear me as well, because let's face it, that's why you're here. Luke uh, Custom TV on Twitter, and don't forget uh, Silk, which is a BBC legal drama starring oh. Maxine Peake and Rupert Penny Jones, will be back on your screens very soon. And I have an interview with one of its stars, Neil Stook, that will be up on the site very soon. He was in a BBC sitcom, Game On, all those years ago with Samantha Janice, uh, and he talks to me about the possibility of that returning. He says that it could be an utter disaster or it could be a surprise success. Uh, but now, that's still coming back in, you in a few weeks' time. Not go that was a comedy show. What, game on? Yeah. That could but, be back. If, if he has his way, that's what he said to me. He, he wants to use us as to gauge public opinion on it. Well, there you are. So get using that hashtag Custard TV Live. Tell us whether you want to see Game On back. Now, we're probably very close to being out of time. We've actually got nine, uh, 90 seconds. 90 we seconds? Talk, okay. We can talk about a um, day, can't we? We can talk we can. about the day. Uh, well, we did say we, we're going to give up on television and talk about hill walking or something. No. Um, and next week we, is basket weaving. Next week is basket weaving. Though, to be fair, the week after I need to go for my Bikram yoga, so we might have to fair cancel. Enough. Um, fair enough. Let, let it's amazing we do this every week and our lives sync up. If you want to get in touch with us through the week, you know how to do it. If there's something we talked about that you utterly disagree with, then please don't be afraid to hurl abuse at either one of us. But if there is somebody you'd like to hurl abuse at, it's actually the missing one who should return next week. The one with no name, the one who shall not be mentioned, shall be back next week, fresh and opinionated uh, for your listening pleasure. It is the Custom TV Live every Tuesday. Thanks for your time, Gary. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, Luke. Any time, apart from any other time but Tuesdays at 8. Yeah, that works for me as well. <laughs> uh, it's the Custard TV Live. We'll catch you back here next week. Tell all your friends that we're on and how wonderful yeah. we are. Speak and spread enemy. the word. Tell your enemies. Have them hurl abuse at us. We don't care at this point. It's only week three. It's the Custard TV Live. All the best. Take care. Do you want to say bye? Bye. That'll do. Yeah. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today.